welcome to the Tune Shed, the workshop for everything music from history, theory, creative process, production, you name it. We're here to become better music listeners, creators, and better music lovers. I'm your host, Blake, and I'm here with my dear childhood friend and professional musician, Marty. What is up, Marty? Hello, I am here. I am ready to speak. <laughs> Let's rock. What's going on? I don't know. What is going on? I've been playing a lot of uh, VR ping pong. What? I'm dead serious. Is it serious. as good as normal ping pong? Yo. Okay, so we had this childhood friend. His name was Andy. Okay. Oh, yeah. Big, big ping ponger, and he held his paddle upside down. Um, yeah, it's that everyone always is like, Blake, why do you play that way? I'm like, I don't know. The guy who taught me plays this way. That's same with me. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> that is so. That's hilarious. Been, oh my God. Well, it's been really frustrating because VR ping pong is like almost the same. It's so close. Oh my wow. God. For anyone with an Oculus headset, download 11, which is the ping pong game. It's called 11 and Solid just play game. it. But I have to hold my my stupid controller upside down because I, I can't play ping pong. <laughs> I can't do it. So I, I look Wait, at Does it work upside down? It does, but it's so awkward. It's really awkward. Mm. You have to like, you have to like T-Rex claw the stupid controller <laughs> in a weird way to like play correctly. It's, ridiculous. it's yeah. also ridiculous. You have an Oculus. What? That's crazy. Oh, it's fun. I mean, uh, yeah, we just, um, we got one. Just because it wasn't too, it's like four hundred bucks. It's not too bad. I mean, yeah, I guess a lot of other, you know, gaming platforms or something around there. Yeah, we just thought like, hey, maybe let's try it, and if we don't like it, we'll just return it. But it's yeah, it's insane. It's incredible. It's it's <laughs> kind of scary how good it is. Yeah, I played on my cousins once, and I was playing this game where you're surfing, but there's like no friction. So you like never slow down and the only way to slow down, like you have jets on your hands. So you have to like put them ahead of you to like slowly slow yourself down. But they also, if you put them behind you, they accelerate you. Anyways, I just was going like face first into walls and I eventually just like fell over in his apartment (laughs) because I was like so confused. It's really, really hard to like understand the physics of it. Oh man. And then your body is also just standing there. So you're just like between two worlds. It's really confusing. That sounds insane. Pretty cool, though. Watching him play was also pretty sweet because it's, like, literally a different world. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I am going to echo that. Like, it is really confusing physics-wise. It's, it's like, yeah, it kind of makes you sick a little bit. Like, it makes makes me nauseous because my brain is like, this doesn't make sense. It's so real, but (laughs) all the rules are not applicable. I also hear you can do stuff with, like, if you're doing programming for him, you can mess with the frame rate and just like make people throw up. Oh, just like if you get the frame rate right, it like confuses your brain in a way that like makes you really sick really fast. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, well, I don't know. I was just reading a thing about it a while ago, so you know maybe don't quote me on that, but I think that's true. Yeah, I believe it though. I can kind of. It's a chilaudi. Oh. <laughs> All right. You know chilaudi. Chilaudi. Yeah, it's it's the Italian word for I don't really have evidence to back up what I'm saying, chill outy. <laughs> That's a joke I made like too many years ago. I'm going to use saying. that. That's funny. But also it's nice when someone's like, hey, what's your opinion on this? And you're like, dang, I don't have like the answer you're looking for, but I still want to try. <laughs> you know? Right. And you just say chill outy so they know like, 
okay, if any other evidence comes up, so I'm not going to listen to this guy. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yeah, it's like I can't quote the study, but chill out Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and uh, asterisk, that was a joke. It's it's not an Italian word. <laughs> I love it. Uh, anyways. Chill outie. Yeah. Anything I say about music, chill outie. Anything Marty says, it's legit. <laughs> <laughs> You know, maybe not anything, but a few things, like song a form. Few things. Transition. What's Tra- up with song form? <laughs> so- Today we're discussing song form. Dude, there's so many types. Of- I this is actually great timing because I- I've made a ton of beats this week, and by a ton I mean two. Feels like a ton. It does feel and like a ton. Both of them, I just like made a bunch of instruments, got it all together. And then I started to get to the point where I'm like arranging. And then I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what other parts I need to add. And then I just went and made the other beat. And then the same thing happened again. So this is great timing. <laughs> what, what do we need to learn about song form to get me past that? Oh, we need to learn the basic song form. Easy. And we're going to learn that today. You know, yeah. I say basic, quote unquote. Basic is, you know, it's a term. It's a term, bro. And... Mm-hmm. uh of course, like we always do in this sh- in this podcast, we're gonna learn the basic, and then we're gonna we're gonna mess it up. We're gonna wrangle it. We're gonna wring it dry. That's classic. I love it. But we're gonna do it. So let's sort of get into what form is. Like, what are we talking about? I know a lot of people listening right now are probably like, "What are you t- <laughs> like form? Like technique? Or like formation? Like what do you? What is that?" So. In songwriting lingo, form refers to the organization of a song. So most people would think of this as like where the verses and choruses go. Like if they're listening to a song on the radio, they're like, oh, song form is how many verses there are, how many choruses there are, and when they happen. While this is functionally true, at its deepest definition, song form is really how do we group the sections of a song? That's like, mm. that's the base, the base definition. Hmm. So maybe more about how you hear it than how it literally is, or is there a difference between those things? Or that's, is that, am I opening a can of worms here? No, I mean, the can of worms is open and crawling, you know? They're, they're <laughs> crawling everywhere. <laughs> the worms are crawling. No, you're right. It's um, It's more about, how you feel a song, how you're supposed to feel a song. Um, Mm. That goes especially true for pop music, but is true across the board, right? So like we can take a bunch of different definitions based on genre about, about on how song form changes, right? So in pop music, song form is really dictated by the question, are sections, um, oh, I wrote this weird. Wait, cut this, Blake. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Should I cut it? I always feel like it has so much power when you say cut this. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> like, don't cut this. I, I could keep it. <laughs> you know, if it's funny, just keep it. What did I write yeah. here? Are sections anything that repeats chords? <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, it's all explained by the parentheses. Pop music. Pop music. Well, okay. So I what I say it without laughing. What I mean, oh. what I mean by that is how <laughs> many. So, (laughs) 
the the song form in pop music is dictated by repeating chords. You know what mm. what chords are repeated. Um, mm-hmm. If the repeated chords, uh, um, are the you know if a four bar phrase is repeated in pop music, over and over mm-hmm. again for X amount of bars, that's a verse. If the chords change, then you may have gone to the chorus. I will say that the the big thing here is that lyrics also dictate um, form in pop music because pop music can sometimes repeat the same four chords or two chords or whatever amount of chords for the whole song, right? Yeah, which is actually like a whole beast of its own because there's like a whole skill to songs where it's like, let's say it's two chords or four chords the entire song. So what changes between the verse and the chorus Sometimes it's the lyrics, like you say, but sometimes it's also like all the other elements, these small things, like little just things in the background, little textures, and they just like build those things up. And then it's like, oh, this part is the like the bigger part. So it's the chorus and then it like calms down and it's the verse or you know, oh, however they do it. For sure. I mean, it's tough to like build a fence, like a hard fence around these definitions because so many of the pop songs that we know and love break these rules and we'll actually go into it like mm. how to break it like really that what this episode is is like how to break those rules in a cool way you know but yeah. in general in pop music it really is you know there there is a song there there's a repeated phrase in the instrumentation that happens in the verse and then that's supposed to sort of change in the chorus in a way and it's really soft and the definition is gooey, and you're right. It's sort of a feeling-based thing. It's like catching a fish. Like, you'll know when it happens, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if a few other examples of song form that are unique to their genres, one happens in jazz. So in jazz, um, the question becomes, are sections anything where the melody plays through its written line? So in jazz, it, it, jazz. In jazz we have what's called a head, which is where the lead instrument, usually a saxophone or a trumpet, plays a, a melody. Um, for those of you mm-hmm. jazz guys, you'll know the the song Take Five. That's the whole melody. Right? And that Wow, you nailed that. Oh, thanks, bro. What <laughs> <laughs> What I um, but what I just sang was the A section, right? Ooh. And in 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 John Coltrane's version of Take Five, the A sh- section happens two times, and then those uh-huh. same chords are repeated, but the lead instrument solos instead of plays the melody, right? So that's not really the same as, um, a form division in pop music, right? In jazz, it's more like you go around the chords a certain amount of times or you go around the same 16 bars a certain amount of times, and then you have a new form. You have a new section of the song. Blues is sort of the same way. You have the 12 bar blues and the 16 bar blues, and it's a certain amount of bars, and you can do different things in those amount of bars, but every X number of bars, either 12 or 16, you start a new song form, right? So you're starting to get the picture that song form is really a way for musicians and therefore listeners to keep track of the sections of a song like the way the song builds hmm and i'm I, you know i have a half-baked idea so it's like what i'm hearing is there's actually a lot of ways to distinguish between uh 
two sections of a song and maybe some of them like i haven't fully thought this through but maybe some of them like jazz it's a little bit more for the musician than it is for the audience but maybe not depending on who the audience is and then maybe some in pop it's like really for the audience it's like okay we're switching you know yeah i think that's a yeah that that's using your ear right there (laughs) you know could be argued though because i feel like a big jazz fan would actually get a lot more pleasure out of the music being like oh look they're playing the head but they're riffing on it in this different way now and i like that because it it's cool how they played it before and it's cool how they're changing it now you know that kind of thing oh absolutely and i think in both of those genres you have repeated material which is important right the quote-unquote head in jazz music or the melody is played traditionally at the beginning and end of the chart or of the jazz tune and that's the part of the song that is repeated, so the audience is supposed to recognize it. I will argue mm. that a quote-unquote hook in pop music is much more recognizable upon first listen than, say, like a straight-ahead jazz melody. And so you're you're definitely right about that, that, like, yeah, pop music is sort of way more geared towards the listener recognizing the chorus melody than a jazz head is yeah for like you know yeah like, you know jazz a jazz fan is going to be like oh i recognize this melody this is a really cool take on uh on you know giant steps or whatever yeah whatever, whatever you, have, you know <laughs> and just thinking too like sometimes the amount of repetition like a really catchy pop hook is designed to be catchy and it's re- repeated a ton like i'm thinking of uh peaches in georgia the Bieber song. Yeah, right. It's like, he says that so many, it's so catchy. I love it. But he says it so many times. (laughs) (laughs) I'm absolutely sure where he gets his peaches and his weed, you know, like you you will not forget. And (laughs) it's just so funny because like, I I, I wonder how many jazz songs there are where something's actually repeated that number of times. That'd be like a fun, nerdy little project to go try to find that out. But (laughs) (laughs) also I literally, just realized that I said take five and I sang giant steps. <laughs> I oh. re- I realized that take five goes. Yeah. I know. People are going to yell at, they're going to be like, what did this guy say? Five, take five and sing giant steps. What is he? I'm so sorry. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully someone's listening in April and April fools to you. My bad. No, no, no. I meant to do it. I was trolling you. <laughs> yeah. Trolled. Uh, oh, sorry guys. What the, what the heck? <laughs> we got some sentences we got some song names oh, no it's good i actually i didn't say anything either i was just like yep marty knows <laughs> uh, don't <laughs> don't don't just, just subscribe to everything I, i'm wrong a lot <laughs> chill out <laughs> chill, chill out you don't even <laughs> it's a new arrangement bro yeah it's well a- <laughs> okay spe- speaking of which there okay so that we're getting the idea that there are, there are a lot of different kinds of song forms. We're going to do mm-hmm. an episode on alternate song forms that have nothing to do with standard pop form, right? And we'll get to what standard pop okay. form is in a second. There's all sorts of stuff. There's there's cyclical form, there's arch form, there's strophic, which is really old. There's a bunch of stuff that you can play with. Um, once you have a basic idea of how to build form and what kinds of forms have existed, what kinds of forms are being toyed with right now, um, how to parse a form 
from a song that you're listening to on Spotify or something, you can sort of build your repertoire for different forms. We're not talking about alternate forms. We will do an episode, um, but there are lots of different kind of forms. Right now, we're just talking about commercial music pop standard form, right? Okay. You know, that's that's this is the form that you hear on the radio. That's pop music. It's most music on Spotify. It's it's your your bread and butter way you structure a song, right? And this kind of form is organized based on lyrics, right? And it's most notably by the division between verse and chorus. For those of you that are a little bit ahead of the curve right now, you're thinking, oh yeah, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus. That's what a lot of songs sound like, right? So verses, by definition, are sections with unique lyrics, right? Most of you are following, like, verses, every verse is unique, and usually they use the same melody, but not always. And usually Mm -hmm. verses alternate lyrics, but not always. For example, the song Mr. Brightside by The Killers actually uses the same exact verse for both verses. The same, uh, by verse, I mean the same exact lyrics, melody, everything is the same twice. Wait, what changes then? Does anything change? Or is it literally just like they could have copied and pasted it and then, you know? You know, we should... We should remember. do like a deep dive. I I don't think anything changes. I think some of his performance changes. Mm. Like I think f- the first time he sings it, he's like coming out of a cage and I've been doing just fine. Ready? Like sings it, but then the second time he's like coming out of my cage and I've been doing just fine. <laughs> oh, it's a little more. It's a little more. A little like, more this and that. Yeah, a little more whatever. A little spice he's, in there. He's even more just fine. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to convince you even harder the second time. Yeah, but for for all intents and purposes, the verse in the first verse and the verse in the second verse they're the, they're the exact same, right? So, th- th- but this mm-hmm. is an exception to the rule. So that's why I say like rules can be bent. And of course, this mm-hmm. is all this is all buttering you up for the crux of this podcast, uh, <sighs> right? Um, so, but mostly verses all have unique lyrics, and mo- for the most part, the same melody, right? So, you use the same melody, you substitute the lyrics. Choruses, mm-hmm. by definition, are sections with the same lyrics and melody. But again, we can bend this, right? Um, and I'm not going to give an example because we have a lot of ideas on how to bend this rule. Choruses uh, almost always, with very limited exception, have almost the exact same melody. And that's important, right? Especially in commercial music. You want your chorus, your hook, to be catchy, to be repeatable um, upon the second or third time someone listens to it, right? Hmm. In, In hymn music, it's the refrain. It's the thing we keep coming back to. In pop in pop music or or hip hop, sometimes it's referred to as the hook. Whatever. It's the earworm. It's the crux. It's the thing that holds the song together. It's the thing that you mm-hmm. think of when you remember the song. Right? That's that's mm. that's it. That's a big thing. Okay. Makes so, sense. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying it makes sense. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's a we, we all know what a chorus sounds like, right? It's one of those things, like, you know when you know. 
<laughs> in the oh. famous words of probably a bunch of people, but also um, Dave Grohl, don't bore us, get to the chorus. Oh, yeah, we love Dave Grohl. <laughs> we do love Dave Grohl. Oh, what a he's guy. such a sweetheart. We should get him on the show. We should get a Yeah, let's call him up. <laughs> let's call him. Man, someday. Let's dream. Someday. So <laughs> let's quickly go over bridges because I know a lot of you that write music are like, what's a bridge? Bridges are always, quote unquote, other. Another chord set, another key center, another melody or another lyrical something. It's hard to describe. Um, this also sort of falls in the it depends or you know it when you hear it box. You know, you can file it away in mm-hmm. the, oh, well, the bridge happens before the second or after the second chorus. Like, that's when it happens. Yeah. But you you know when it happens. It's the thing that happens after the second chorus where it's different than the verse and the chorus were. You know, you know what grinds my, not to be negative, but you know what grinds my gears about bridges? Yeah. It's that, like, and some, this is just the mark. Sometimes it makes me really happy about bridges, too. But when a bridge just doesn't hit right, like, it just doesn't fit with the song right, or you can tell it's just, like, they wrote the verse and the chorus, they were stoked, and then they were like, yeah, just put something in there because we need a bridge. And then, like, it just, you know, it just it doesn't fit in there and ruins the whole vibe of the song for me sometimes. And it just, ah, it just makes me so mad. But conversely, when someone puts good effort into the bridge and it actually like adds a lot to the repetition of the next chorus that's coming or or whatever happens after that makes me stoked was man sometimes it's like I, I probably have 15 20 songs where i like everything about the song and as soon as it gets to the bridge i'm like oh can we skip it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't um, know why it's just oh oh you're so right dude it, it uh, you're preaching to the choir <laughs> Bridge. Just needed to get that off my chest. <laughs> Bridges are important, though. They're then they're so important. They're an opportunity for you to screw your producer and to write your own thing. <laughs> you know, right? And also, I feel like they make whatever comes after better. I agree. Good. Yeah, they're, if they're bad. It's like you you killed the flow. <laughs> oh, I agree. No, they're, they're it's the bridge is an important function in pop form because what it can do is it can set you up for success for the very last banger chorus that's what right. it's supposed to come before right that's mm-hmm. that's sort of why it's stuck around all these years is because the pre-chorus like really there's an opportunity to change the whole energy of the song to like cut out the drums and have a really introspective mm-hmm. soft moment and then build back up to the next huge chorus at the end, right? It, it's such mm. a great creative tool for for change and variation. Yeah. So it's important. Lowest low before the highest high, right? Yeah, you're right. Or just a fresh start before the highest high, not necessarily the lowest low, right? Oh, right. But like the bridge is also there and it's, it's a, uh, think about it as something to be, to be exploited. Right, it serves the purpose of either the verse before it or the chorus after it. So treat it with care and treat it with love. Don't just throw it away like like so many people in Hollywood throw it away. <laughs> oh, it's just brutal. It is brutal. So I should have a song offhand for for that example. It's just negativity without any example, but I, I can't think of anything right now, of course. <laughs> I mean a lot of a lot of pop songs do that. They kind of like a lot of pop songs just have 
a bridge that's maybe eight bars or so where some producer just like chopped up the main vocal and and then just cut out the drums for a second and then goes back into the chorus. It's just like it feels lazy, but you know how it feels yeah. when it happens, you know? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's yeah, it's very apparent. I don't know. It, it is very apparent it sometimes. I agree. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Yep. So let's finally talk about what standard form really is. At its most basic iteration, standard form is verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus. Right? That's Love it. that's bare bones. Um and it's Again, every rule can be broken in music, so it's not actually bare bones, but that's sort of what we all think of when we think of standard form. Um, of course, there's intro and outro at the beginning and end of the song. That's sort of obligatory. Um, some mm-hmm. songs actually don't technically have an outro. They just end on the last word of the chorus, and then all the instruments cut out. That happens. I feel like that's very like new, new age pop rock kind of thing Yeah, to do that. I feel like every band in college <laughs> yeah, would like every song would end really abruptly. And then someone's like talking in the, at the house show and they're like, oh, oh. yeah, right, right. <laughs> or like the, the flip side of that is um, uh, Papa Roach's last resort. It just starts with cut my oh, yeah. life in two pieces. Right. It just goes yeah, right so into the first section of the song without any intro. It's iconic because of that. I feel like if there was an intro, that would be less easy to remember those lyrics right now. <laughs> oh, right. I mean, it's the song's famous for a reason. Yeah. Iconic. Slaps. It does slap. <laughs> it really does slap. So let's give a quick example of a slightly embellished version of standard form. That'd mm-hmm. be intro, verse one, pre-chorus, chorus, verse two, Okay. Verse three, maybe. Pre-chorus, chorus, bridge, chorus, and then a second chorus at the end. You know? <gasps> so that's... But up a quarter tone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A, key, a quarter tone up. I think Jacob Collier does that in... Uh, oh, I know the name. It's All I Need by Jacob Collier. Yeah, he sure I does. I think the very last chorus is like up a quarter tone or a ha- has something funky. Yeah. <laughs> fun. Yeah, the last chorus is up a quarter tone. You got Yeah, you got that right. Heck yeah. It's, it's very effective. Gives the whole song yeah, a little Yeah, because it lift. makes it different, right? Two choruses at the end, like, what's, you know, the question is what's different between them? Why do two? Oh, yeah. Um, so that's a great way to do it. I mean, very creative and music theory nerdy. Yep, sure is. I actually released a song last night with a double chorus what? at the end. Wait, you you didn't tell me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I guess I guess I didn't release it. I'm a f- I'm featuring for a rap collective named GVO. Oh, um, check out GVO if you haven't before. They're wonderful. They're a rap collective out of Detroit, and they're all just B as in a GVO. Like, so uh, I think it stands for Good Vibes Only. Okay, and then Marty Gray. But it's a song. In. It's a song off their album that they released last night. And it's a song called Demon. Demon and Gold? Yeah, Demon and Gold. Whoa, cool. Hilarious. And the the last whole section of that song is a double chorus, and it's exactly the same vocals, and the only thing different between the 
first and last uh, iterations of the chorus is there's one string part added <laughs> to the last chorus. <laughs> See if you could pick it wow. up. It's very, it's very subtle. Nice. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a very common, like lots and lots of really famous songs have two choruses at the end, you know, or like a lengthened, yeah. a lengthened thing just, just to like drive, drive the idea home. But at any rate, you get the picture, right? It's most pop songs. Honestly, sometimes uh, standard form can be even shorter than this. I like to use All the Small Things by Blink-182 as an example of a really short pop song that mm. uses song that uses pop, like standard pop form. Really, it's just a short intro, verse chorus, verse two chorus, and then an a, like a 16 bar buildup with no lyrics, chorus, and then an alternate chorus at the end. Boom, done. What's the alternate chorus? Well, so the alternate chorus is the same melody, but he uses different lyrics. So instead of... Oh, got it. So instead of say, say it ain't so, I will not go, he goes, um, carry me home, keep your head still, I'll be your thrill, and I will go off. So th those lyrics are new as of that point in the song, um, but it's right. the same melody. It's, he's borrowing the melody from the chorus, but just using new lyrics. So it's almost kind of like what you do with a verse, but it's back to back and in choruses and at the end of the song. <laughs> yeah, right at the end of the song. So you've the the way the the reason that it's brilliant is you've already set up the chorus so that the audience knows how the chorus sounds. You know, it's the part yeah. that goes "Say it ain't so." Da -na -na -na. You like at that point in the song, you know how the chorus goes. Absolutely. So it's brilliant when you switch the lyrics and you, you know, it's a fun way to switch it up. Yeah. You know? That's awesome. Yeah. And honestly, that's a perfect segue into the point of all this. We don't have to completely uproot standard pop form. I know the title of this episode is Run Away from Standard Pop Form. You don't really have to. You can kind of like saunter away. <laughs> you kind of like you kind of like skip away from standard pop form. Um uh power walk? Yeah, you can power you can yeah, you can power you can glide away oh, no with stick. your with your one with your one wheel away from <laughs> standard pop form you don't have to uproot it completely uprooting standard pop form 100% will be the topic of another podcast but right mm. now for right now we can mess with it just like blink 182 messed with it or the killers messed with it on their huge billboard charters right so what are those ideas in theory well I guess this is the point in the podcast where we just talk about those ideas, right? And Yeah, let's do it. Before we start just like listing stuff, I want to refrain from listing examples um, of all of the times that famous songs have used these techniques because honestly, I, I feel like sometimes it's example overload and hmm. explaining something in theory can be really fun if you hear it in theory and try it for yourself. So... I recommend Ooh. I recommend just hearing this, imagining it in theory, being like, oh, what would happen if I did this verse twice for no reason? And then just do it. Just try it. Um, you'll be surprised. Without sort of having a model that sort of baselines you to what to an expectation, right? Right. That's fun. Well, yeah, yeah, I feel well, I feel like 
sometimes when you hear too many examples of techniques, um, the technique can appear stale or it can like sully your imagination of the technique happening. So, yeah. Yeah, I see what you mean. That's that's a that's a whole that's an interesting concept. There's some wisdom there, as somebody once said. <laughs> <laughs> somebody once said it. Somebody once said it. Well, okay, Ooh. let's let's talk about just a few a few ways you can mess this up. Yeah, tell me, tell me. Well, we've already talked about alternate lyrics for choruses, right? There are kind mm -hmm. of two big ways that I imagine that happening. Some songs that I hear for their second chorus, they use like a slightly different word here or there, or they like replace a whole line of text, but they keep the rest of the lyrics, hmm. right? This can be a really effective way to either further the story of what you're trying to say, um, or add another hue of emotion into something you've already been working to develop right mm -hmm. or to just like keep the audience on their toes it can be a really fun thing to like replace a word or two in the second line of the chorus to make your audience go huh probably draws some attention to it doesn't it sure does sure does mm -hmm. where's the paddle sure does sure does <laughs> sure does bobby well another um an another technique that you can use um as far as like alternate lyrics is just replacing the entire lyric set for a chorus at the end of a song right like that's that's what blink 182 does i also like i love that example because i was i was like 100 percent inspired by that happening and i use mm. an alternate chorus in two of my songs off of o2 a fight history one of them is called lull and the other is called tokyo Mm. Right, Tokyo being the easiest example because Tokyo really is like a series of verses and choruses alternating and then a bridge and then a chorus and then a chorus with completely extended lyrics that you've never heard before. Whoa. Right? So well, it's yeah, like. It's fun. That really puts you on your toes, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. And it like, I don't know, listen to the song. It like extends the idea, right? The, the whole device yeah. is that it. It sort of like drives the point home at the end. Yeah, absolutely. That's like cool. That. Yeah, I like. I mean, it's it's really it's really nice to sort of embellish things that are already there, and use yeah. song form to do it. Like you don't always have to use production, you know. Yeah, that's a good point. So yeah, you, you, that's you know a perfect example. Sort of going back to the things I was saying in the beginning, like okay, I've made all these beats. What do I do with it? You know, make a verse and a chorus, and then you don't necessarily have to add new instruments. Maybe I should just change lyrics or, you know, something like that. Oh, one hundred percent. And like, hmm. when you're making beats, sometimes the only thing that needs to happen between verse one and verse two is like one layer is different. <laughs> you know. Yeah. You know? Yeah, sometimes I feel like I make it too, more complicated than it needs to be, but maybe because I don't have any lyrics on it yet. But you, a lot of times lyrics carry so much because, I mean, all the focus is on them for a lot of listeners. There is a, a type of listener like myself who's like very picking out every little layer. <laughs> but I think most listeners are listening to the words, right? Oh, that's true. 
Yeah, and if you have a lot of words, sometimes it can be difficult to decide if you're going to do verse, chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, alternate the whole time. Sometimes the song just kind of flows better if you stick two verses right next to each other and just sort of have like a double verse almost. Ooh, okay. So that's a really great technique to like switch up the listener's expectation of a song and keep them keep them fresh yeah I and found... it's just easy to make that decision right because it's just if there's more to say then there's more to say double the verse oh yeah for sure or if it seems like man that verse and chorus happened pretty quick and you Ooh. find like oh i'm kind of like already at chorus two and it hasn't really been very long and i kind of feel like the song's rushed a little bit stick another verse in there yeah just make the verse twice yeah. as long Build the tension longer too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Love it. sometimes you don't have lyrics written, but hey, you got a notepad, right? It's all foreplay for the chorus. <laughs> it's all foreplay for that chorus, baby. As Dave Grohl said once. Did <laughs> no, he really say <laughs> No, no, no. I, he may have thought it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So another idea, um, and this is tech, this is for the bridge. A lot of bridges mm-hmm. are made with borrowed lyrics and they use different hmm. chords and melody to sort of to sort of again drill the point home but also kind of like reinforce the idea of the song hmm. right it can be really good with a vampire song or a song that's like centered around an object or a really strong idea like if you have a song about avocado ice cream or something <laughs> you know specific <laughs> Yeah, I just thought of, I just trying to think of something that was sticking out in my head. Someone was telling me today that they eat avocado ice cream. Actually, I got a killer, I got a killer avocado dessert recipe. Oh, um, seriously? I just, I'll just interject it right here because it's, it's gotta be in here. It's got. It's called one two three ABC, um, which oh. stands for one avocado, two, um, B two bananas and three tablespoons of cocoa powder whoa and you just blend that up and i think you can freeze it too but i think you can just like eat it like a pudding too you just blend it's bomb i have all that stuff you should try it one two three abc i'm literally gonna try it after i hang up with you and i'm gonna listen to that song you suggested earlier what (laughs) that's amazing one two three abc okay Kind of easy to remember too. I struggled, but I mean, other people probably won't. <laughs> I I love that. That's okay. That's amazing. Anyways, though, you're you're vamping on a song about avocado ice cream. Yeah, and your chorus is like avocado ice cream. I love that. One two three A B C. As easy as one two three. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Yeah, that's that's a unique song that I just made. If you um. If you want to drill in the point, you can borrow the lyrics avocado ice cream and use a different set of chords and a different melody to sort of change up the feel. This sort of saves time Mm. by you not having to come up with a new idea for lyrics in the bridge. But it also sort of like, if you really like the concept of the song, if it's really unique, then it creates fodder for the bridge, you know? Huh. Easy. That's cool. I was thinking of another idea too. I don't know if you've ever seen something like this, but 
just to let the creativity flow a little bit. If you have an opportunity to sort of put new harmonies underneath some words that you've already said in the song, you have an opportunity to like show the progression of the song. Um, and this is this is actually a different example, but I know this song is just two chords the whole time it's cruising, but like the intros get the guitar chords, the outros the guitar chords, but by the end it feels completely different because you've gone through all the lyrics. Um, sorry, I know you said no example or fewer examples, but it's called "For My Family" by Devil Makes Three. Oh, Super cool. simple song, but but the the thing is it, it progresses so much. But I feel like it, it's not an example of this. But I feel like you could use a bridge and reharmonizing to to say look how this idea has changed like you know maybe it's a sad concept that evolves into something happier i don't know something like that oh yeah i mean it it really just reinforces that concept that we outlined earlier of like the bridge is so important and it's such a functional part of the song and it happens in such an important spot it's almost like the climax you know yeah or like the I tension mean, leading it, it's so good the quality of it like either makes or breaks the climax i feel like yeah it can <laughs> or maybe it is just the climax i don't know it can for sure i i always think of as it like it's like the uphill before the big downhill you know mm. it's like ooh, it's building up building up building up and then the the last chorus is really it can be you know yeah but that makes sense functionally it can the... be it can be used to like like i've heard brilliant bridges and songs that like reveal what the song is really about you know what I mean? Like I, I feel yeah. like I, I, I'm having again. I'm having trouble finding examples off the top of my head, but I feel like there are songs that I've heard that I, I listen to the bridge, chorus, bridge, or the verse, chorus, verse, chorus, and I'm like, oh, I know what the song's about. And then the bridge happens, and there's a, it's a completely new mood, and it like reveals that I had no idea what the song was about. This is actually what the song's about. It's I'm like actually, that moment in Tenant where no, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> or <an> Inception. <laughs> yeah, then, yeah. Plot yeah. twist. It is the twist. It yeah, it be. also kind of answers the question, like maybe like where's this song going? Because it's the first thing to deviate from the verse, chorus, verse, chorus. So you have this opportunity to say, "This is what, what this like. This is what's going to happen in this story." You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, bridges are really important, and you can. You know, you have the most freedom with bridges, I feel like. You you can use them for good or evil. So, yeah. can we talk about one of my favorite things? It's the false yeah. pre-chorus. The false pre-chorus. It's awesome. I love it. How hey, it works. That? So, how it works. You have your verse one. Then your, okay. pre, then your pre-chorus. Uh-huh. But then instead of going to the chorus, you go to verse two. Oh. It's so awesome and it doesn't happen very often but in some of your favorite songs especially from the 90s uh it's a really common tactic used to sort of like build tension build tension and then don't give it to him yet Mm -hmm. it's great because you 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 set up the pre-chorus and it works especially well with the pre-chorus that's not quite as not quite as explosive, you know, that like really does sound like a pre-chorus, like it's ramping up, like it's an extension it's of the build verse. Up, yeah. yeah, it's in a build up. So you build up, build up, build up, and then you're like, no, I'm gonna do another verse. I can't I can't explain why this is so good, but try it in your music and you'll see what I mean. It's it's so effective. The false it's like pre-chorus the tension is thing. It's, 
Yeah. Oh yeah, and it's yeah, like building up stress and taking it away. That's killer, bro. It, it's when it when that's when that first chorus happens after the second iteration of the pre-chorus. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. It's most great. lovely thing. It really is. You're so ready for it by that point. Yep. It's great. Okay, that's a good one. I'm yeah, gonna try that. It's a really really good one. Um, there's this thing that happens, especially in pop punk. Uh, but it, but also in pop music from recent years, it's called a half verse. It's really what it is. It's it's just the second verse lasts half as long. You know? Huh? Is that a don't bore us? Get us get to the chorus? It's exactly what I was about to quote. That's <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Why is that coming up so much? <laughs> because the chorus is, is it, bro? Yeah, it it's is true. And I true. I feel like sometimes it happens when a producer says to the artist like hey the verse is kind of whatever like people are really just gonna want the chorus more like that like the chorus is the song mm. you know so yeah can you just cut this can you just cut the second verse in half that's fine yes yeah, so it's, it's there in functionality but it's well, for sure and that's kind of the lame example i feel like sometimes it might be good to employ if you feel like your song is losing a little bit of energy by the time you get to the second chorus yeah. like if it starts to be like oh god like <laughs> yeah yeah i i'm imagining to imagine um okay imagine sort of a longer verse one where in the second half of the verse one you add one layer to it just to give some some energy and build it up and you have good lyrics there everything's sweet you hit your chorus and then you go to verse two and you're like Okay, well now if I add that same letter, like little bit layer in again to build tension up to the second chorus, it's just still taking too long. They've already heard that, you know, and it was already a long verse to begin with. Let's just cut it in half. You know? Right? Yeah, uh, that's a suit. I mean, the length of your second verse can depend so much upon how you feel going into the second chorus. Like you're you're one hundred percent right. Yeah, if you're like, God, this is just like I am completely spent energy wise like it just feels like it just takes forever to get there wow. the flip side of it i wrote is... a song so long ago that i just realized totally has this issue oh the energy God. just dies it's like the only song i ever wrote on guitar <laughs> oh yeah i i have a hard time writing on guitar i can't even play the guitar really well so it was <laughs> like i was just learning the guitar and uh, I knew like three chords, and I was like, "I got this." I was super confident. <laughs> yeah. uh, hey man, try try making the second verse shorter. You could, you yeah, could, I'm you could have a hit that one from what is that? 2014, I think. <laughs> it was my year man. in Turkey. So. Oh sweet. Oh yeah, wow. Blake. Blake studied abroad in Turkey. That's yeah. that's a little factoid. <laughs> cool little cool little factoid. He did. The um. <laughs> Other other little um other little ideas to keep in mind, and I don't want to go too far into uh too too far in depth in any of this, but a few little other ideas. You can uh you can borrow a part of the bridge as your outro and come back to it. That's a pretty common thing. That's fun to do. Like you know the last couple bars of the bridge, repeat them over and over for your outro. It's kind of cool. It's mm. a little callback. Um, a popular thing in a lot of uh, prog rock and 90s rock is this thing called D-sections, which a D-section is the idea that 
you go through the entire standard pop form and then you kind of just vamp or you change the vibe a ton. You know, you like it's this idea where your your song is supposed to be done. You like finish the last chorus and then more. This is my favorite thing. I've always just called this like unique outros, but D sections are way cool. Oh, this is my favorite thing. Uh, Phoenix does it sometimes. Yeah, Phoenix does do it. Oh, but when they do it, it's so satisfying. It's like, this is, it's like, wait a minute, you're fading out? This is like a whole cool new part. And it's like such a tease and I love it. I agree. Yeah, I I think it's most effective when you know that you have a, a banger and you're like, my listeners aren't going to want this song to end. So just don't end it. <laughs> yeah and also yeah. i wonder how many bands like when they play it live they actually just vamp on that d section and do a whole like if especially like a jam band or something just play the whole thing out but then on on the record they're like nah just cut it yeah i think dave matthews band is a great example of that mm. dave matthews band does that for sure yeah absolutely mm-hmm. that's why it's fun to watch live concerts on youtube these days since there's not too many concerts happening but <laughs> Yeah, uh-huh. totally agreed. Yeah, that's a cool one. I love that one, D-sections. Yeah, man. I mean, again, creative control. It's a lot of creativity yeah. in D-sections. Well, another thing you can do is you can just start with the chorus. Why not? <laughs> I'm not going to say it again. <laughs> Cut my life into pieces. <laughs> just yeah. start with it, bro. Just yeah. start with it. Why not? Who cares? <laughs> then you can do Then you know. It's just a way to mess up the form. Another thing that you can do is instead of opening up with an instrumental or opening up with chords Mm -hmm. um, and then closing with chords, you can write unique lyrics for the beginning and end of your song. I like to call this like unique bookending, like bookend your, your track, but like have a fun little mantra that's almost like its own song section. Mm-hmm. and its own melody, its own lyrics, and just repeat it at the very beginning and the very end. Why not? Huh. You know, that's a cool yeah. one too cuz I feel like I feel like the the first thing I think of is like if you're trying to connect a whole album together, you might have a few little things that sort of run through the album, and you don't want to put that right in the middle of a song cuz it's like that every song has it right at the chorus, which means like you've heard it a million times. But kind of putting it a little in the beginning or end. I mean, it doesn't have to be unique to the album, but I think that'd just be a cool way to do it. I mean, there's probably many ways to do it, though. Yeah, that would be a cool way to do it. I mean, you're kind of touching on something important that I want people to take away is that, like, standard song form is a wonderful default mode to learn and a wonderful default mode to start toying with. You know, it exists because it's familiar and the ways that we break it can build our song meanings in our favor. It can help us get the point across. There are so mm-hmm. many ways to to break the form and to embellish things and to take things away and to switch things up to get to, to sort of like help us write the song in the most effective way it can, it can be written. Hmm. But you're right. Yeah, that's a really good. Yeah. Well said. Well said. Cool. I mean, that's all I have. <laughs> that's perfect. That's I mean, that's awesome. And yeah, I'm definitely going to try some of these things out. I mean, there's probably, it's interesting. I guess one one sort of last question for me, it's sort of just going back to the decision-making process. So 
some things that make sense. You know, you have more to say, do a double verse. It's sort of dictated by the content that you're doing. But do you ever look at something and say, oh, this is the form that this would really suit this song? Or Sometimes. How- yeah, go ahead. I mean, honestly, I know just from anecdotes that a lot of song form decisions are made by producers because mm-hmm. they're so finely attuned to how the whole song feels. Like as you're making a song, you can get distracted by the idiosyncrasies of the song, like which chord should go here and what lyric am I using and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I think sometimes yeah. it, it really does take a producer to look at the song as a whole and be like, it just feels like it drags on, bro. Like you have to, we have to fix the song for him a little bit. So right, okay. sometimes it can take an outside ear, but when you are structuring a song, sometimes it can be fun to do it for no reason. Yeah, just to have fun, just it's just try something. Yeah, like why not? Or I have more lyric, like I have extra lyrics. Like, oops, <laughs> like let's yeah. mess with the song form a little bit. You know, like messing with song form can happen for all sorts of reasons. Yeah. And yeah, that totally makes sense to that feeling of being almost too close to it or like you've just been working on the drum break for 20 minutes. It's like, <laughs> it's going to be hard to have an idea about song form right after that. And actually, it's funny, the the same guy who taught us how to play ping pong, Andy, also used this term after he, he would make beats, uh, like really techno beats. And he'd be like, oh, I have pattern chalk, which is just like looking too oh. much at Fruit Loop Studio, like all the little dots to repeat things and stuff um but i think that's just a great term sort of for being too close to it or sort of being like like uh, sort of almost losing focus because you've looked at it so closely for so long like when you say a word too many times and the word starts to sound weird you know it's kind of that effect that's funny i still use the term pattern shock ever since you started <laughs> using it wow <laughs> there are so many things from andy that we both do that i didn't know that you did that's that's cool maybe he'll listen oh to yeah this. Well, and if you're listening to this, you got to email us and anybody else who has anything to say about this podcast or fun song <laughs> forms, the, the Toonshed podcast at gmail.com. Uh, send in your love and your hate. <laughs> yes, please do. And we will do a song or not a song. We, we will do a <laughs> podcast episode about crazy song forms, just wackadoo song forms Ooh. that I'm really excited about. And yeah, I, actually, I, have I it saw all that you... Oh yeah, I was gonna say I saw that you updated the uh, the podcast um, to do list, and I was like, "Ooh, what do we got next?" I sure did. Yeah, well, I was well, I was kind of planning the episode for this week, and I'm like, "Man, we've really got to talk about like like strophic form and like round form and cyclical form, arch form. We got to talk about all this stuff. Like, oh my gosh, so cool. Yeah, that just brought me back to a memory. I went to this percussion show uh, in Southern Oregon. And it was like the first, one of the earliest, no, it couldn't have been the earliest. It was just a written drum solo where the whole thing is played in a circle. You could start at any point and the music yeah. can be upside down or not. And that, that changes uh, what you play. But am I remembering this right? I think it's something that's like fun. that. That's fun. That's super yeah, cool. Was it, was it written just, by a... Was it oh. was it written by Philip Glass? <laughs> no, it wasn't Philip Glass. It wasn't. It, I, you know, like that kind of minimalist stuff is is pretty fun. But this one is actually like honestly pretty hard to listen to because imagine like every percussion instrument you can imagine, like cymbals, xylophones, like 
glockenspiels, little wood blocks. Imagine them all oh. just like in a circle and then someone just like slowly playing around them like in a seemingly random way. Oh. <laughs> it was very yeah, avant garde. That's, that's very high minded. It's very highfalutin music. And the other thing to add to that is we we're at this this was part of a percussion class I was in. We were at this like conference where this was happening and we had just listened to like four to five hours of percussion music before this. And the day before that we had done the same thing. So at this point I was really like over percussion <laughs> and they're like just like crazy avant-garde play it in a circle concept so cool but i was having a hard time absorbing it honestly yeah that that's sort of the uh a lot of that sort of music philosophy is relegated to the uh the 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 academic sphere as it were indeed indeed for that very reason because it's just it's tough to like live in there yeah it's it's yeah. it's hard for that to be accessible unless you're sort of uh, a theory nerd. That's true. Or like <laughs> a can very be fun, spiritual be a person. Nerd, yes, that's yeah, true. Yeah, it can be. Yeah. Takes a certain energy. Anyways, Marty, I wanted to ask you uh, one last question to wrap it up. What what cool stuff have you done this week as far as musical projects? Because I know you do so many different things. Um, is there something I don't know? Do you have any secrets? Man, <laughs> I, what, what is my secret? What is my big secret? Dude, check out check out Ambicrombia, the new album by GVO. Okay. It's it's excellent. It's very nice. fun. It's um it's modern and postmodern hip hop. It's very very cool. They're Wait, great. was that the one um, that had the song you said earlier? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have involved. one feature. Yeah. I have a little a little feature, a little feature guy on the on the album. Wait, um, it says you're on a bunch of songs. Wait, Bankroll. Oh, that's a different album. Yeah, yeah, I'm on. I'm a. I pop into to GVO stuff once in a while and have a feature cool. for sure. Wow, I've listened to all your music, but I haven't listened to this. This is great. Oh yeah, I do. I'm like all. I'm. I jump around Detroit. <laughs> Best way I can describe it. <laughs> I, I jump I around and, Detroit. I try and jump around. You know. You should get that on a T-shirt. Maybe not. I try and j- jump around Detroit. <laughs> That's fun. I don't know if I have any secrets. What do you have any secrets? No, I don't have any secrets. I'm an open book. Sweet. Um, yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap it up. That was sick. Thank you, Marty. Gonna use that for for sure. And uh, yeah, send us an email, people, and share this with your friends who are creators. And um, yeah, much love to y'all. Catch you next time. Bye.